1: Hello and welcome to Fighting in the Warm Room, episode 66, the review segment for Friday, April 10th, 2015, the year of our Time Lord, Dr. Emmett Brown. We have a special guest this week, Jordan Hoffman, who hasn't heard me with this gimmicky Dr. Emmett Brown thing yet, so I don't know if he's uh, judging me for it. But either way, Jordan, thank you for being with us.
0: You're beyond all judgment. Uh, Dr. Emmett Brown from the uh, Fast and the Furious films? Does yeah, that definitely. Yes.
1: The ones where they don't, the don't need f-
0: roads, I believe. Yeah. Fast right. and Furious
1: Seven specifically, that he was introduced as a new character in that one. Nice, nice. Uh, we Wait, we're talking. J- shouldn't about, Jordan
0: get to introduce where he works? Or uh, he's not, Jordan,
1: well. where, where, where do you exist?
0: Uh, you? I'm a film critic. I write for the New York Daily News and for the Guardian and elsewhere. And um, uh, it's a pleasure to be back here again.
1: Well, you were so excited about the movie that we're talking about that you've been talking to us about it for weeks. Before I even saw it, you were asking to be on this review segment. Uh, we're talking about Ex Machina, which is directed by Alex Garland, stars Oscar Isaac and Donald Gleason and Alicia Vikander. It's uh, being released this weekend somewhat widely. It's from A24. Is it no, Actually,
0: not. New York, no, LA, it's LA only. New York, oh, LA. And then
3: mind. next week, it will expand. Well, it will grow. Its intelligence will escalate until yeah. the mass of singularity next week. Yeah.
1: I look forward to it. Um, so it's a sci-fi movie. Oscar Isaac plays a kind of Google founder-esque guy who started a search engine, but then quickly moves into artificial intelligence and basically has the idea of building robots that are as close to human, so close to Some human that they have. Some would say both
3: are the same thing, search engines and artificial intelligence.
1: I well, we can get it. That that's more there. slightly more complicated than the plot <laughs> setup that I was trying to get oh, into. Uh, so he has this robot played by Alicia Vikander who... Is incredibly human like. She very much looks like a robot, but she's played by a real woman, thanks to some, G- some CGI. And he brings in one of his employees, this coder, played by Donald Gleason, to basically help the robot pass the Turing test or ask the robot to pass the Turing test, which is a human interacts with a computer and cannot tell that it is a computer. And, uh, you know, there's some twisty things that ensue. I think we're going to have a spoiler section for this discussion, but. We'll start out non-spoilery, and I want to toss it to Jordan first. And Jordan, why were you so into this movie? because yes, Jordan dying- demanded
3: to be on the podcast. Let, let's note that we didn't invite Jordan on this episode <laughs> of the podcast. He sent us an email last week, in fact, demanding, telling us that he would be on this episode. I
0: know. Well, I just really, really love this movie a lot. I uh, I think it's the best. I mean, it's early still, but I think it's the best movie of the year so far.
1: David, or like, screams when you say
0: that. It's just it's just ignorant. But continue. <laughs>
2: It and I like I like this movie just fine.
0: But, uh, well, it's yeah. early days. There's really not much else going on so far this year. I mean, there's been co- a couple of good movies, but um, it, it's certainly a contender for number one. And uh, it just it just struck me as, um, you know, uh, it had a, it has a fealty to the great sci-fi stories of days of yore, where it, it has a particular hook, and then it just digs in. And really plays out all of the permutations of, you know, what are the greater moral and social implications of a particular bit of fantastical storytelling. And, uh, you know, you don't see that in your jupiter ascendings and you and your marvel <laughs> films you know you don't you don't see that those in... are
3: fantasy films jordan those are not science fiction
0: oh well you don't even see that too much not well, fair. If the fine. man wants to throw marvel films under the bus <laughs> <just> let him. <laughs> uh you know you you, you don't see. and granted this is uh alex garland's a brit and this is a probably this is a british um production they do things right over there and it's really basically a two-hander without giving too much away. it's it's uh Uh, And there's a lot. It's it's I'd compare it more to sleuth than any other uh, normal science fiction movie. It's two guys in a house talking it out. And then there's the third character um, who is the uh, the robot. And uh, it just, you know, everything about it from the from the moment he gets to the island. It's not an island. It's a mountain. You know, Oscar Uh Isaac.
1: A, a isolated retreat.
0: Yes, a, v- a valley, technically, a holler, as they would say in in parts of America. Uh, just, it just, it's just really sharp. I mean, the, the the design of the home, it's it's quite beautiful, and it's 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 the way these guys would make it. it it's very modern and futuristic, but it's also but you the know the reason
3: it's not sleuth the, is because it's strangely laid back. It's like a very casual conversation between two people. Oscar Isaac's. Like he, he invented this search engine blue book, as Katie said in the beginning, but he is the slacker genius. Of ah, well, that's he's the great He's constantly twist. making, like, Ghostbusters fellatio jokes, and he's <laughs> drunk all the time, and he doesn't talk like Michael Caine. He doesn't have a yeah, sophistication. He's, a, he's not I, an evil genius. He's I
2: a, don't know slacker. where you guys are getting this casual vibe. I mean, one of the things that I enjoyed about the movie was uh, the fact that Isaac, Oscar Isaac's loose cannon – character uh makes it tense at all times i thought he was a very
0: yeah it's, faux, ters- it's i mean faux it's always
2: friends, clear yeah. that he is working uh over domino Gleeson's character like the architecture and, has an agenda. and the
3: science around it makes it feel that way not necessarily his performance his performance plays against mm. that and that no. uh, that definitely i think his performance tension. is very no, there's a mean-
2: lot of uh there's a lot of tension in, in just even the way, way he boss. comports but himself. But I think right. that's
1: the kind of normal tension you get or a tension that's familiar from any time you meet some dude who thinks he's smarter than you, where you're or a boss. I mean any, or, yeah,
0: Right. Spending he's, he's, a week in a house with your boss alone. Like, right, right. And he's that's he's, he's he's like a, you know, he's Steve Jobs and Bill Gates rolled into one. He's he's idolized by Donald Gleason's character. And he's uh no, kind of Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg rolled or, into no, one. No,
1: Sergey Brin.
0: Well, yeah, of course, oh, no, you're being right. overly literal about it. I
3: would it. say I think he's Steve I'm Jobs, to, Mark
2: Zuckerberg, and me rolled in. No, right. <laughs> what <laughs> I'm, <laughs> really what I'm trying to uh, insert the conversation here is that his youth is a factor. Yes. Uh, the fact that how his dynamic is with his employees is shaped by the fact that they are reasonably close to
0: being the same age. So right. I think right. I Steve invented, Jobs and Bill Gates I believe he invented the search
3: engine when he was well, like 13 years old or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, he says yeah that, I mean, he, he's he's under 40, but he's still, you know, he drinks beer out of a out of a brown bottle on the label I couldn't make out you know I, whenever I see potential product placement that's a, a little thing for me is like I try to figure out you know what beer it is and it was clearly a either a made-up brand or a brand so micro that I didn't recognize it and that that went a long way for me so you know he's kind of a uh you know he you know in the very first scene he he does this thing with Dom Nogleson where he tries to quote-unquote break the ice and is like hey man Let's just try to, I know I'm freaking you out by talking to you, so let's just talk like people. And to me, that would freak me out even more, you know, Mm -hmm. that that he's trying to do these, like, we're just friend games. So it becomes a, uh, yes, Oscar Isaac is laying out a big trap for Dom and in the third act. You figure out what it is. But in addition to that, and that's the story, and it's great. I think it's very, you know... I kind of knew where it was going, but I didn't quite know where it was going. And at the end, I... I, I You're not really laying down the, the big heavy.
3: phrase here, which is is Turing test. That's basically... Yeah. I performing, Turing which test. Which is a very language-based no, she thing. Didn't oh, mention did it. you? Well, yes, I, didn't she did. I did I, yeah, I regard you, you as a female
0: robot who's basically... I
1: know. To, to
0: they, they, I don't that's pass your
1: test. <laughs>
0: really rude. Um, <laughs> also known as the voight Kampf to some of you nerds, uh, from uh, Blade Runner. But anyhow, um, the other shtick that's going on is... So he's creating... <clears throat> the perfect AI and they start playing out the chess moves of what's going to happen. You know, there's the joke, well, the computers will take us over, right? The, 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 Terminator vibe, you know, one day computers will take us over and the way, uh, or it's robots or AI, whatever you call them, androids. And, um, they discuss it and they sort of lay out a game plan where like, yeah, they kind of would given the way humans have behaved, uh, you know, when they were created by a creator and how they, you know, if you buy that and, and how they've interacted with, with gods or God or, or just sort of their place in the world. And uh, two th- very exciting things happen. Number one is that uh, Oscar Isaac's character basically knows that he is destroying humanity by doing this uh, experiment. But he's not like a mad scientist bent on destroying the world. He just – it's kind of like, well, someone's going to do this. It might as well be me. He's Oppenheimer. Yeah. Like every other idea
2: in the movie, they explicitly reference this. That There's not true. very much room for you to think intelligently on your own here. This is all very clearly laid out. Well, He's Oppenheimer. He, uh, he, not, they yeah, they but, quote Oppenheimer. And well, they do quote Oppenheimer, uh, I don't know. I think
3: it's a little more complicated that by, by it, putting – like pinning those obvious uh, reflections on Oppenheimer, the movie. I, I think it transcends that a little. Unlike
2: yeah, because, Oppenheimer, he gets to fuck his bomb. That's well, really –
0: no, but that's just the difference.
2: Actually, well, there,
3: Oppenheimer famously fucked the atomic no, bomb
0: before it was dropped. How do you think dropped? Fat Man became Little Boy? Hey.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> but,
0: but no, it's like,
3: it's, like, it's like this. doesn't really specific. add up. It doesn't make
2: sense. No, <laughs> no, <but laughs> it makes <laughs> not like
0: a sense. They're two different bombs. I'm not letting you get away with that on my podcast. <laughs> David, David you, yes, they do reference Oppenheimer uh, via the Bhagavad Gita, I believe it is. Which um, is
1: what everyone thinks that Oppenheimer said first. Right, of- right, right.
0: But... Um, but there's a difference. Oppenheimer created a thing of destruction, and this creation that our our character here is is doing is is not. He's not creating a bomb. He's creating something. He's creating life. And what this movie is, and why I think it's so excellent, is that this movie, if you're sitting down, is a biopic on God. This movie, Ex Machina, is <sighs> is a is a story about <laughs> I God. Buy that. Not from a religious point of view, but from an extremely secular point of view. I did a little research on Alex Garland. And he happens to be a pretty uh loud and proud atheist. And um what he's done has has he has, you know, made a biography of a flawed God, a God who creates existence. Redundant. For reasons, what God, God, God. God? No, God. Just God is fine. With. okay, a God who creates uh <laughs> existence for reasons that he doesn't quite know and doesn't really have a master plan. Pharaoh, Pharaoh Sanders said, I believe the creator has a master plan. Alex Garland, Garland says, Not really, and um, it's kind of uh, it, you know, it's kind of an angry movie because if you buy this theory that Oscar Isaac is is God because he is creating life and creating a whole clockwork. Of of existence, a whole track for our planet, for humanity, for the lack of humanity, blah, blah, blah. Oscar Isaac's a little bit of a dick. He's likable.
1: Oh, a no? lot of a dick. Oh, yeah, I God. think over the course you, of the movie,
3: you pretty much determine that he is a huge douchebag.
0: I don't think he's a villain. I never felt I never hated he's the guy. Not a the, the difference he's is just the a weird guy.
3: The
2: difference, and why I think Jordan's mm, I reading is completely unfounded, is that, uh, you know, obviously there are elements in the movie about humans becoming God. Uh, it's very trite notions that have been explored at greater depth in right, many other all places. All right, all right. Let's not however, write off ideas. For however, sure. uh, th- there's no comparison to be made as far as it being a biopic of God, because God, in in this context, has nothing to do with his creations. He is not affected by them in a very literal and direct what? way. And he, you know, he creates and steps back and interferes when he chooses, but he is not necessarily victimized by the things that he makes. He's not at their mercy, um, which this movie uh, is. Yeah, and
0: well, you uh, could that's, argue that you could argue that that in the in the real world, God can be victimized by his subjects if they choose to reject him and ignore him and and cease are, to believe I, in, or a go go off in a track.
2: God The that they believe in will be okay with uh, some scorn, um, but. Uh, I, I think that Jordan is uh this happens I think when you see a few too many Marvel movies and are starved that for That is such bullshit. For, <laughs> now,
3: you are uh, you are hey, you, I, you
2: are he, going he, off the rails. I'm he, throwing he, you under Thanos's butt. Uh, I like this movie quite a bit. I thought it was fun. It's sexy. It goes down really easy. It's sexy. That's Alicia curvy. Alicia Vikander is uh, this is the year of the Weekender, even though unfortunately you the biggest movie possibly walk of this
3: movie and say it's sexy based on everything that happens in this movie. That's disgusting.
2: No, I disagree. I, I, disagree. Uh, I disagree. I
1: think I disagree. That David, David I, it's, valid. Oscar
2: um, Isaac it's,
1: dances shirtless in this
2: yeah, movie, Patrick. That, if if we're talking about Oscar Isaac, then like uh, her character's intentions, uh, or like, well, no, I don't know. No, her like the robots that we we may create in fear uh, will be taking over the world, and this is just one step. Uh, of that process. The, the movie is just, it's, it's, uh, it's like a snack. There's just nothing. I didn't find any of it particularly substantial. I forgot about it the moment it was over. No, um, I, I think, completely disagree. I, uh, I think it's, I would, I think it's a fun night at the movies. Um,
1: David, I'm more with you on Ex Machina than I think Jordan and I think Patches as well. Like I feel like it brings up a lot, it talks about a lot of ideas. Like this whole movie is about Donald Gleason and Oscar Isaac sitting around talking about ideas and talking about theories and the Turing test and all of these other ideas for how you learn about these robots that you've created. But I don't think that it has anything to say about any of those things. I thought it was really interesting. I was kind of bracing myself for like what I was going to learn about what Alex Garland thought or kind of this crazy sci-fi notion of like how robots are going or will not take over the world. And I feel like it just kind of gave me a thrilling and interesting interesting ending, but it didn't give me anything to think about leaving it. Like I, I, I really appreciate Ismahina
3: because it reframes a lot of conversations that have existed, especially in like 1950s and 60s science fiction and reframes them for now. You know, like hearing people talk about how search engines are basically the brains of your artificial intelligence and, and sentient beings is really fascinating to finally draw those lines and put that those conversations in a package that people will want to watch. You know, they're not going to read Chomsky's books on innate language, but they will watch Ex Machina and watch shirtless Oscar Isaac dance and then talk <laughs> about Chomsky's theories on innate language. Like, this is an but, important document but for do me. do you to read kind of
2: those, those Chomsky books? Because why, I, I don't understand do. why, uh, which is, I'm assuming as much, which is why I'm saying, like, why are you... Rushing to this movie in a like for what it could potentially do for less well read people, it's not a public service. Well, no, I'm
3: I'm saying it's also wildly entertaining for me to hear them talk about it. It's not academic. It's about things that we use. It's about the world that we live in. This doesn't feel like far in the future. This is not iRobot. Uh, this is now. This is someone creating this robot now yeah, and how the, close the, we are to it. And having real people have these conversations is what fascinates me. People that yeah, we would the, encounter in Silicon Valley are are near this. And this is what, this is
0: dystopian future that exists now. I think it's it's about the tipping point to a dystopian future. And the thing that I resonated most for me was the complete, Unwillingness of of really either of the characters to stop what they knew was a bad idea. It's mm. like, oh, we're 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 about to do something really really stupid. Like we should probably go light that building on fire and pretend none of this ever happened. But it's 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 the most self destructive behavior on a cosmic level. You know, it's they're 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 destroying their own species with the experiments they're doing, fully aware and and just because of their sort of zeal for high tech stuff and just being the first guy to do and it and
1: being the smart guy well, if, it wasn't them, the if it wasn't it
2: it. them it would be somebody else i mean it's only a matter of time there's well a there's a little
0: switch of maru in there that only somebody with access to this google brain can that's do true. it so well that's that's what, what i like about else. it it's
3: subtly it's, commenting on a lot of different things it's commenting on the people in silicon valley and how they use their power and how they have power over us people who just use technology and i do think it comments on Gynoid trends in uh, technology and the creation yeah. of female robots and what that means and why they it happens through pop culture one hundred years of pop culture and in reality now when all these female humanoid robots are being, you know, paraded on stages in Japan and that sort of thing. Like, There's an article are-
1: in the new Vanity Fair about sex bots. Read right, it. Like, why is N- all of this
3: happening? And this, this movie comments on that. It doesn't have to make the whole movie about that. It can be about a lot of things and kind of dip its toe into all these sorts of things. And I think it's really successful because it does that without feeling jagged. It's a very... Slow build to its great finale. Yeah, no you know what the so
2: best done. part of the movie is is uh, is when Alicia Vikander's character Eva, who has been Ava. we've seen Eva, we've seen her in robot guise for forty minutes, however long it is, uh, puts on a dress and covers up her her digitally created bits um, and begins, you know, a, a marked transformation visually from a robot to a human, and the effect that that has visually on us. Um, and has emotionally on Domhnall Gleeson's character, I think is really at the heart of what this movie is about. I also think that it's what makes the movie most interesting for me is that this story about technology is really only made possible because of the the technology available to the filmmakers. This is not a film that you could have made um, in in a competent fashion in 1950, unless, you know, you, you went with or some very... Or 1992. Oh, yeah, yeah or Rogers. whenever. I mean, unless you went with some Roger Corman budget-like effects. I mean, I think they really lean into the technology that's available to them for this. And I think that's very interesting. But I do think that the movie is too thinly spread between the ideas that it is endlessly espousing and this uh, fundamentally human uh, interaction that's happening between... Uh, Domino Gleeson and well, Alicia Vikander. Well, if you think it's
3: too light and it, it's not going deep enough into its themes or its ideas, I think it balances all of that out with Great acting. Like, I think the reason we see yeah. plays where people are just talking about mumbo jumbo sometimes, and this isn't complete mumbo jumbo. It seems to be rooted in some true science fact. Science fact. I, I, I could watch Donald Gleason and Oscar Isaac just chill in the apartment for like the whole movie. I, doesn't yeah. have to be a robot. I couldn't
2: agree more. I think that I think all these three actors are phenomenal, and I will all. Be huge in their own way. Um, Any of them when in Star, Star Wars comes but out, <laughs> do, right? No, I mean I think at least she'd be if you can do, if only she weren't in a fucking Tom Hooper movie later this year, uh, it would really be taking over. Eddie Redmayne, yeah, I've seen her in Testament of Youth, which is a good movie, but she's great. In she it. was in Seventh um,
3: Son apparently. I was going to say when was she going to be in a big blockbuster, but no, she, well, she was. I, she was I in think
1: Donald Gleason were in love, and Anna Karenina.
2: Don, Donal Gleason Anna Karenina is um, not a blockbuster. Don, Donal hey. Gleason is, uh, I love it. Is is great, but I'm. It's unfortunate. I'm getting a little sick of him just doing the same sort of bumbling routine. I kind of routine. agree in a
3: weird way. He's the he's the the low point for me. He's he's well, the loose wheel he, a little yeah, bit. He, because, he. And I don't know why. Like I've seen him in so many things. He's very likable, but I don't know. I can never he's get really behind naive,
2: him. He's always the naive Ashuk's character and it's I would much rather see him uh break out. He he even in uh Dread, where he played Lena Hades' henchman, wow, sort of not evil. <laughs> I remember uh, he that. He oh, yeah. was still
1: yeah, had the same character, got, more or less. He? Didn't he look yeah. weird?
0: That was like Domino's. He needs his she, looper. Yeah, like, she she had, like, too. Mind. Uh,
1: he had like weird contacts or something.
0: He yeah. needs a put wait, on a wait, fake wait, nose. Wait, shoot people. Let, let, let me advocate for X <laughs> Machina a little bit more here for a second. I want to talk a little bit about the ending, which is. Wait, 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 We have to sound the spoiler section. Come on.
1: Let's go All ahead. Right. And, well, if Jordan wants to talk about the ending, let's go I ahead do. and start a spoiler section. Uh, that's, we, I think x Machina's got four thumbs up with some reservations from two of those thumbs, right? And yeah,
2: then I, there's a robot thumb. I definitely give the movie a thumb up. I just uh, I don't think it is anything particularly special.
1: I, I think it's special, but not great. Um, but I would recommend seeing it. And I think Patches and Jordan would too. So now let's start the spoiler section. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dom no Gleason. Dom no I, I, uh, I hate spelling that guy's name. He and Saoirse Vernon it has got an H go.
1: where it does not belong. Oh.
0: I uh, know the Jordan. Irish suffered, but give me a break. I mean, Jordan,
1: what do you want to say about the ending?
0: I, well, the ending is completely badass. It go, it, it, it follows itself. <laughs> no, wait,
3: when are you going to start talking about the ending? Because is it the complete ending? I feel like the ending picks up, or at least our spoiler section should, when we start seeing Oscar Isaac fucking... Robots, that's I agree
2: one. completely, and the marketing seems to disagree. I think it's I've
3: seen I'm, official yeah. I'm a little disappointed that dancing Oscar Isaac is out there in the world,
2: but yeah, I've seen no clips that's a, that that uh, reveal that the Japanese girl is a robot. Didn't you
1: think really? she was a robot from I the thought she. You saw that her.
0: Was yeah, not, but it was not a big surprise, but I, but it was a nice the way it's revealed is great. What you discover is that, uh, you know, the 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 gal you've been talking to she's model 25, and there are 24. Uh, robots. That the montage closet. freaked me out. That yeah, was scary. Freaky montage. There's one scene where a woman wants to s- escape so much she's smashing her hands against oh the God. wall yeah. and her hands splinter and metal and chrome fly That's everywhere. Does Oscar
3: Isaac beat one of the robots to like Pieces.
0: Oh, um, right. by all that I. I oh, remember. oh, you
2: know what drove me nuts was the fact that Donald Gleeson wasn't. Oh no, doesn't it, doesn't it turn out that he was smart enough to anticipate that? Oh, he was yes. too smart for his own good. Yes. He was. Uh, uh, he was he
0: anticipated, anticipated Oscar that Isaac.
1: Oscar Isaac would see his plot coming, but not that the robot would betray him. Right. So right. what
0: basically happened? I'm going to I'm going to go straight to the end here. What happens at the end? <laughs> they've seen the movie. You know, you can just. Right. <laughs> so yeah, they've seen the movie. So uh, you know, she kills God. She locks our main character in a room where he will slowly starve to death. Is he Jesus? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And then she leaves, and she goes out into the earth, uh, where as long as I guess she has an outlet, she can plug herself in every now and then. No, What I about this exact is, same no, thing? No, she I, runs I on missed, batteries, I, and I, I don't know if she brings reading. her batteries.
1: What's your, I, what's your reading, David?
0: My reading is that she has three hours
2: to live, and that is it. Um, wow! And that uh, they be... never discuss power. That's actually,
3: so... that's probably accurate because, as I mentioned, she d- she runs on batteries and did not bring them, and she mentions it several times. But she walks out with just her white I, dress. I I think it's
2: pretty.
1: I heels. mean, I I
3: Beautiful
2: do not heels. want to say that it is a fact, uh, especially because I saw the movie a long time ago. But I do uh, remember them making such a repeated point of her battery length that her tasting the light of the sun and going out in the city was a. Uh, was was broke, the, yeah? It was it was supposed to be her sort of hope. Oh, battery life. Re, you're in an optimistic
0: the man. I interpreted it as she was going out. She was going to live and create more of herself and, yeah, and take over yeah, the, world. the world. No, but she I, actually I, left to star in a Noah Baumbach film. She right, hit New I don't, York
3: and she was a girl in the <laughs> city. Right? I don't think that she, she has the London. capacity to Sorry. rebuild herself.
2: But I think that the point is not whether or not literally this robot is going to appropriate uh, procreate. And create a robot army, but simply that it's only a matter of time before right. okay. uh, humans supplant themselves the next
3: whatever.
0: It's an interesting read,
3: knowing that Alex Garland is apparently an atheist, according to Jordan.
0: Well, but, all right, so dig this. First of all, does Domhnall Gleeson die a slow, horrendous death in that room? Oh, well, yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: there's no way He's out. He's just going to
0: die. He's going to suffer for three weeks and eventually drop dead of, of malnutrition. What a way He'll to
1: kill go. somehow. probably a way to kill himself How in His
0: arm. Is that
1: possible? Yeah. He
0: would... Eat, eat your, your own
1: arm? But then what's the point if no one's ever going to find you?
0: Well, you hope that somebody's going to find you. yourself. Keep hope alive. You know, you saw Star Um, Yeah, I guess that's what you do. You eat your own arm, and then you eat your other arm. Do you cut it off first, or do you gnaw on your arm? Okay.
3: No, you cut your arm off, and then you eat your arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you got to eat it quick, or else it's going to rot. But then again, what would you use to cut your arm off in that room? You would have to use Teeth. shards of a computer. Unlike robots... We will die
2: one day, and hopefully, we can waste as little time of, of what we have left talking. about I imagine how that Hull the Gleason's ending character. of this movie is
3: what annoyed you, David. Like I watched it and knew that you did not really well. You, you enjoyed this movie, but that there was something about the ending, perhaps that
2: I never thought the movie was going to end in any other way. <laughs> I think this is really with beating his arm. I don't think I <laughs> no.
3: assumed that she would stab Oscar Isaac through the heart what did
0: you think of the crazy of the of the really obvious symbolism at the end where was she where was eve uh emerging from in that sort of garden like setting yeah uh did uh, you get all that yeah when she's taken the skin it's, off the other people deep stuff. uh
2: no i i obviously did not Anticipate the particulars of what were going to happen, but I I seem convinced from the beginning, um, especially this struck me as someone who doesn't spend their time watching a movie trying to anticipate where it's going to go, that this would end badly for everybody involved and uh, that Eve would end up making fools of them all, Eva, and uh, nobody can keep a good weekender down, you know?
1: Can I ask one one question that's very specific? Yes, and
3: I hope it's about the themes of this because you thought this movie was very light. So I'm wondering what you thought of the ending because there's so much
1: going on. I mean, okay, so I can talk about – that's not what I was going to bring up. But I I think the movie basically ends with exactly the idea, kind of like what David said, like what you think is going to happen is that they've created this robot who's smarter than all of them and who's going to outsmart them. But I don't think it brings up anything about – whether that robot is human or what it means about us as humans to, to have created that and what the singularity will do for us other than that these robots are just going to kick our asses. And it, it was interesting and I was engaged by it, but I don't think it was that thoughtful an ending compared to all the ideas they were throwing around. Um, and it doesn't like, – it only, it's only something I thought about after the fact. Like I didn't watch it thinking like, oh, I really – I mean I guess I thought the plot was going to be a little bit more complex. Like I thought that – You
3: wanted it to end like Lucy –
0: no, I've no. I yes, I, I
1: want every movie. To <laughs> it is person. fairly straightforward. I mean, yes, this is part of why I like
0: the movie Strange Enough, Me is too. because the ending, it, it, the first four-fifths of the movie is a lot of talk, and then the ending. I'm not saying it's action, but it's mostly you it's, know, it's business. very little it's dialogue. Moving around, they're walking up and down hallways and stuff. Very little dialogue. And I, I, here's the thing: I've been reading sci-fi since I was a very young lad, and you always really? hear about. <laughs> yeah. You always hear about. Uh, you know, robots who become so smart and Blade Runner and all this crap. And in this movie, this is one of the very few times where I really sort of got it. Maybe it was just something about the tone, something about being in this house in the side of the mountain, half underground, half in the woods. It's very beautiful. They have nice, you know, the 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 sink was nice in the bathroom, and it was just like I really got it. Like, oh, this is what they mean. Like, because right. her, she was a real character. She felt like a person. Mm-hmm. She's and the she no one's no one's made an Isaac in, uh, Asimov
3: movie. If, until yeah then- yeah
0: she felt when you say she's the most human I, I don't know if I agree with that i mean but I, I do definitely think that she was as human as the other two <laughs> even though like the first thing she said was like you know i uh you know she's very she's aware of her robotness I've only been alive for 15 weeks or whatever she says and i you're the first person I met and uh you know she's very naive about certain things even though she has you know like like data from star trek she can do math very quickly but she you know, it has got that whole data Pinocchio thing, but I kind of dug like, you know, know, I love data, but it is, it's kind of silly. Uh, but she, I really felt like, oh, I kind of get this as a new, uh, a new life form. Like, yeah, the robots will take over eventually. And this is what it's going to look like. You know, this, this is the next step compared to her compared to us. You know, why would we need humans around when we have people like her around? She doesn't age. She doesn't get sick. She's perfect the way you design her. She can do all these things. And she appears to have emotion. So there maybe there should be evolution. Let's get the hell out of the way and and let let Eva and her kind rule the roost.
1: I definitely had that thought while I was watching the movie, which I I guess is to its credit. David, I want you to give Grieve you one last thought and then we'll wrap up.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to sort of agree with what Katie was saying and that – I, I think the ideas that it's presented are valid, but the thing is that the ideas, the tale is sort of wagging the dog here. The ideas are are leading the characters. I love movies that are explicitly about ideas, but they have to be better ideas than this in order to justify uh, committing to them. Um, and I think that they, they is exactly what Katie was saying about uh, not not caring whether or not, or not like the the, the whole dynamic of whether or not she's human. Uh, I watched those robots destroy themselves against the door and whatnot and uh i understand how the violence of their actions but at the same time i was not convinced by i i, I may have lost this turing test if i were in Donald gleason's position i may have been fooled that i was speaking to a human had there had i not been able to see her but uh, i would not have been emotionally convinced i think if she were to deactivate or destroy herself i would um the movie did not convince me that i would have made that divide to thinking that she was uh, The sentient being worth caring about.
1: Um, Okay. I think it fails in that regard. The one last thing I wanted to bring up. uh, The fact that there's key cards that get them into everywhere, and that's the essential uh, element of it. I mean, the Apple Watch debuted today. Why wouldn't it be a wearable? I think it's ridiculous (laughs) that it's so easy to steal a key card from somebody.
0: Well, Mm. uh, because you got to print it out when you get there, and it's got his face on it. He doesn't have any visitors. Yeah, but he's got limitless money.
1: Like. Like, Simple. if it's that important that like you have to be able to like that's the thing that gives you access everywhere, you're gonna make that more secure. Well, if he let's, built his
3: pad like
1: twenty years ago, I don't. I don't let's know.
2: just all agree to have the next fighting in the war room live episode in the hotel in Norway where they uh, shot this. Yeah, wow.
1: I'm obsessed with that hotel. It's There's, not even as expensive as I thought it was gonna be. To I love they, they just go
3: out and they stand by waterfalls and stuff just for because it's so. Beautiful. Oh,
0: that was an actual hotel. They it's shot an in? actual
1: hotel in Norway. You can oh, stay no joke. there. It looks incredible.
0: Quick question for the three of you: Alex Garland, of course, wrote *Sunshine*. Uh, Do you guys like *Sunshine*? Do you feel connection between this and *Sunshine*? (laughs) We're we're, we're rapping. I'm just curious. Does yes or no? (laughs) I I like *Sunshine*. (laughs) Yeah, why not? And I I like its crazy action zombie beat at the end. I I, I even love the end of *Sunshine*. So I think maybe, and maybe I'm, and I didn't know when I went to see *X-Men*. I didn't even know it was an Alex Garland movie until the end, because I'm. I'm bad at my job, and I don't. I think
2: Alex Garland is of the Alex Garland Danny Boyle partnership is the one with the talent. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I I just I think that he uh, is dangerously close to someone that I mean. I think if you're if you're judging whether or not to see this movie, please understand that Jordan Hoffman and Matt Patches both love the movie in time. Uh, Wait, and no, this is movie is totally different reasons reason. and, and for totally different another reasons. Another sci-fi ish movie with uh, the ideas leading the way very well wow, that, uh, that is that is that uh, is cold that is
0: I cold because Alex that is totally Carl different is than this it movie it is kind of love. that's a that's, that's a, a better, that's a late night booty call kind of love that's that is a, a good bad love. movie and this better is a good version good movie
2: of andrew nickel um oh,
1: wow wow let's not watch time he he is still, andrew look, you're out of your mind no wait
0: Nobody likes but me that i uh Bad wait, mood. were, we, wait, so were we talking
1: about In Time or the one with Donald Gleason?
0: No, that is about, time. about time. Damn it! Oh. That's not that bad. Either. In Time is the piece of junk with uh, Justin Timberlake. Is when a they a buy coffee with and time. About Time is a piece All of junk. Right. Right. I regret even bringing In <laughs> <them up. laughs> Time is better That's
2: than
3: You threw mud. You <laughs> have to pay for that.
1: Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> This, week, this week's lightning round question. David and Jordan both saw what is apparently an even better movie opening this week. Uh, David, Sils- Really? Maria, I
3: heard it was uh, just fluff, according to one person <laughs> on the
2: podcast. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, let's have a fight about, about that,
1: or we can no, let David, let let David and
2: Jordan agree. Uh, Olivier Assias, one of the, if not the world's best living, working filmmaker, is uh, certainly one of them. His latest movie, of Sils Maria, is catnip, or I would say borderline pornography for fans of his. Uh, It stars Julia Pinoch in the first lead role that he's had for her after helping write the movie that launched her career, 1985 Rendezvous. It stars her as uh, Maria Enders, a fading actress who has been uh, coerced into – uh, re- uh doing a revival of the play that first made her famous except for this time she is not going to be playing the ingenue role she's going to be playing the older woman who gets seduced by the ingenue and uh, chloe grace moretz will be playing her former role and she retreats to uh, a cabin in the mountains of switzerland to with her with her loyal but truth-telling assistant played by kristen stewart to uh, work through in the role she was born to play Yes, everyone is magnificent. The movie is gorgeous. It is, uh, for fans of certified copy like myself, it uh, plays into a lot of those themes. It deals with the presentness of the past. It's a little less meta than something like Irma Vep, uh, although very similar to that previous or earlier Asaias film. Uh, This, I think, is less explicitly about art and more about the human side of things. Um, May I remind
3: everybody who's listening that David loves One Day. I do not cool. love one day. He's a big one had, day fan. I had so. an emotional Wait, reaction. Take, that? That, take, take you... it, everything with a grain of salt.
2: What is what that does do one, one does? Yeah, I, are, we just,
1: uh, are we taking pot I, shots? I, now? Well, no,
3: because mine
2: was <laughs> mine was anchored to like a, a connection I was able to make. Uh, mine but, is just thinking
3: of movies David likes that are true.
2: Klaus um, and Sils Maria, I will talk about it further on this podcast later this year, perhaps towards the end of the year when we talk about our favorite films uh, of 2015. Oh my God, we'll have you already started assembling
3: your. No, God, God no, um, but uh, uh,
2: this uh, this movie and movies like it were made for me. But uh, it's really really wonderful stuff. And Kristen Stewart, who knew she became the first American actress to ever win a Cesar Award for this movie, and uh, she earned every ounce of that trophy. So
0: I, I would like to pretty much say ditto. in in a, in a rare and shocking case, although it pains me to to say so, I agree with everything David has said. Um, in fact, uh, you can read my review of Clouds of Sils Maria on a website known as vanityfair.com. I
1: believe Whoa. it. Whoa. I know I uh, I
0: self-promotion is allowed on this podcast as long as it benefits more than one person. <laughs> <Can> uh, <time. laughs> when I uh, I saw it at the Cannes Film Festival uh last year, and uh I gotta tell you, uh it really, really, really is terrific. And um it, it it's it's also juicy. Like it's not uh this is not a cerebral movie. It's beautiful and it is shot up in the in the mountains of switzerland but it's it's gossipy and it's it's a it's not that far removed from all about eve i mean it's it's a great kind of backstage movie with big personalities you know it's it's, all
2: about eve meets persona in uh in in,
0: but much like
2: much sexier and and chic i mean it was co-funded by chanel i
0: did not know that but no it's a a great it is a great um big movie and uh it, it I don't, I saw it a long time ago. I don't remember specifically, but it it felt like a great rebuke on behalf of Kristen Stewart, who, you know, she got a a bit of, I mean, listen, she's a wealthy woman, but she didn't know what she was getting into with those damn Twilight movies. And, you know, uh, I'm not saying, you know, people who work in copper mines have it at worst, but she certainly didn't have any, you know, had some rough years making that garbage. And, uh, you know, it's great for her to be able to say, look, I'm actually pretty smart and I can, can do a good, a good job when I'm given a good role. And she's amazing in this. And she's sort of an anchor. She's a very level-headed, smart character and, um, you know, around all this sort of big personalities and she's great and has a great, not to spoil it, but you know, sort of her reaction to that world is just perfect. So, it's really clouds cool. of Sils Maria. Yeah, see it. Really
2: see, it. Yeah. see it. Jordan movie Hoffman says see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in the meantime, if you haven't seen clouds of Sills Maria, or even if you have, you can answer this week's lightning round question. Patches, what was it?
3: Yes, it was in honor of the film. And I guess uh, connected to Juliette Binoche. What actor or actress whose native language is not English knocked you out with an English language performance?
1: David, what's your pick?
2: Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, I, I, is it too obvious for me to say, uh, any of the people who said Bjork in Dancer in the Dark,
3: no, uh, I think, uh the for me. of course
2: choice. they knew that I would, that I would pick them. Uh, but let's go with the first person I see here. who is Adam Tomich. Uh, I believe, um, who, uh, Ray says also said Bjork in Dancer in the Dark, um, yeah, I mean, it's like one of my favorite performances in any movie. Uh, I think part of its strength is her interesting relationship with the English language. Uh, and Adam Tomich says, Bjork can Answer the Dark is clearly the correct choice. This question is very unfair. to any other option.
3: So, wow. Ooh, that's uh,
1: kind of radical. All right, Patches, how about you? I'm surprised that multiple people
3: had said that Tommy was so That's
1: disappointing. <laughs> um,
3: but I'm actually going to go with at... Julian Fadul, who said uh, Javier Bardem. Actually, he said Klaus Kinsey in anything. And then he said, if not more specifically, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men, which is what I'm going to agree with here, because he actually picked a movie. Next time, pick Klaus Kinsey in something. Something directed by I don't know. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going with our friend Silver Whatever, who said Julie Delpy in the Before Trilogy. I like what David said about Bjork's relationship with language being part of Dancer in the Dark. And I think the heavy wordiness of the before films combined with the fact that Julie Delpy's native language is not English is kind of amazing.
3: Soon to be Julie Delpy
0: in Avengers, Avengers. Age of Ultron.
1: Wait, I what? She's a... in Ultron? Yep.
0: Yes. Well, who knows? But yes, allegedly so. I mean. Uh, that's a good call um, about Delpy. I, a side note on Delpy and the great before movies. Jordan, I, the the, the t- lack of time we have for side note right now. Well, I want to nice. hear enough. this. <laughs> who who I, don't? I like the, the the she made two great movies that are basically kind of riffs on the before movies. Two days in Paris and Two Days in New York. The second one being even better than the first. And all four, five of these movies have compressed for me into one big movie. And um, the Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. Yeah, and <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> Uh, so because they're kind of very similar movies. So, I, you know, I, I think that's a good call. You know, there's a lot of actors and actresses that are in movies that aren't originally from America or Britain. Uh, I, it's such a ridiculously broad. Um, so I'm going to say, uh, I don't know, Omar Sharif and Dr. Zhivago. He sure. That's another racist. Why is that racist? He's uh, not American. He's from Egypt, I think. But maybe he spoke English first. I don't know, and he's not even that great in Doctor Zhivago. This is the first thing I thought of.
3: I'm going to say Omar
0: Sharif in
2: Doctor Zhivago. That's oh, mine. not Doctor Zhivago. I'm thinking of. I'm so tired and crabby right now. I'm just. I couldn't even remember what about Lawrence of Arabia is racist and we're not even talking about lawrence Alec Guinness is the racist part yeah exactly we're not even talking about lawrence no i'm talking about <laughs> you all right you
1: get let's, let's relieve david from his misery and wrap right. up the Please. show Please. uh wait, wait. that does you ask it ask me the
0: question Katie, ask me the question again who's the best non
1: Raju, or jordan who so are i'm gonna
0: you? Can edit this all together the answer uh, is mar Sharif and dr Zhivago.
1: excellent excellent <laughs> Seamless. nothing racist Seamless. about it either uh it's actually now you
3: because clearly you can't speak english and you're doing a great job here on the podcast <laughs> so congratulations yeah
1: uh that does it for this week's fighting in the war room we'll be back next week talking about things uh in the meantime tell the people who you are
3: jordan
0: oh christ my name is omar sharif and i started the. <laughs> my name is jordan hoffman i'm a film critic i write for about movies on various uh websites and newspapers in uh new york and great britain and you can follow me on the internet at, at @jhoffman on twitter.com. First film critic to win a Cesar Award.
3: I am Matt Patches. <laughs> I am uh senior writer at Esquire.com. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches.
2: I'm David Ehrlich. I'm the uh, associate film editor of Time Out New York and the editor of Larger Little White Lies Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at David Ehrlich and at timeout US Film.
1: And I'm Katie Rich. I'd like to present David Ehrlich with his own Cesar Award to honor his uh, triumphant work in French cinema. Uh, You can also find me on Twitter at Katie Rich, at K-A-T-E-Y-R-A-C-H. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back talking to you next week.